Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Race for the Ring, episode 108, The Menopause Millionaire with Carol Hodges. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest in the sea. Ready, set, go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. As I record this, it is not yet July 4th, but when this show comes out, it will be the week post July 4th. So I hope that you all had a great holiday weekend. You did something fun with family or friends, and you were very, very safe and smart. Maybe even met some new love for your life. Um, I have a really cool guest. Her name is Carol Hodges, and she is a life navigation coach. But I think what makes her super unique is that she found a niche for herself um, in the menopausal um, women vicinity, if you will. Uh, She has a book called The Menopause Millionaire, A Guide to Prosperity and Meaning in the Second Half of Your Life, which is great. It touches on all different aspects of one's life, financial, career, relationships, navigating your children who are on the cusp of becoming adults and things like that, body changes, etc. She came about this um, area to to excel in after going through her own life changes and was just intrigued by her own journey and educated herself further to be able to use her experiences and also enlighten others with um, some really strong tools that they can keep into their war chest uh, and navigate their own circumstances. So we talk a lot about how... um, 
priorities change as you reach the 50-year mark in your life um, in terms of looking for a partner. My checklists have certainly changed dramatically and hers did too. I'm sure many of yours will or did, if depending on your age. And so it was a really, really interesting conversation. She shared some really funny anecdotes as well um, in terms of some of the experiences that she's had dating the second time around. So let's get right to it with Carol. Hello, Carol. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, Mindy. Very happy to be here. So I am so intrigued by your area of expertise. We were talking a little bit um, before we hit record. And as you know, I wrote that book, Intermission, and it's all about, well, I, I'm not quite, when I wrote that book, I was like in my, I guess, like earlier thir- 40s, not 30s, 40s. Um, now in my later 40s, but nevertheless, um, it was all about finding cause and, you know, knowing that you still have lots of life left and you can kind of reinvent yourself. And I spoke a lot about relationship, but it could obviously pertain to anything in life. So I'm curious, how did you find this niche? Like, how did you get into this specific, like midlife, um, I guess, population? Well, what I realized, like, like you, you have a change around 40 where you realize I'm not as young as I used to be. However, yeah. around 50, you're suddenly half of a century. And- oh, <laughs> that sounds so bad. Oh, my God. I'm like 48.5 for the record. Oh, I will be on July 30th. Oh, my God. All right, continue on. Sorry. Yeah, it's such a, a wonderful time to reinvent yourself. And statistically, so much happens right at that that age of 50. If you're a mom, your kids are generally becoming adults. They're off to college. You have to have a new relationship with them. You're changing as a woman. You may have had a career or not had a career before, but you began to look at life differently because all of your priorities have changed. And of course, it depends if you've been married for a long time. I got married in my 20s. So mm-hmm. by the time I was hitting 50, we were different people, quite honestly, than we were before. So it is a great time to look around and much like looking around when you're 40, there's a different urgency when you're 50 to really say, what is my life all about? And how do I want to live the rest of it? Right. So what was that like for you? And what was the, I guess, the, your epiphany when you decided to, to make changes when you hit midlife? I was resistant to changes. I like to say that because I was so resistant to changes, I got the Mack truck version of change. I didn't listen to the taps. I didn't listen to the two by four. I waited for the Mack truck. So all in one year, uh, first my daughter committed suicide. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, okay. That was the beginning yeah. of the year. Uh, then okay. we, had, uh, we, we had a complete bankruptcy, a chapter seven uh, bankruptcy and a divorce. Yeah. It wasn't till much later I realized all that happened within a 12 month period. And I- of just constant like sadness and disappointment yeah. and just like 
trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it took me a while to even be able to write about it because I was in survival mode. I was the only one working. I had other children to to feed and take care of. Mm-hmm. So two weeks after my daughter's funeral, I got a new job and I did not tell anybody what was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I thought if, if anybody had any idea, I wouldn't even be able to get a job. So I kept it in, but I began to look back and realize that while mine was dramatic, generally by 50, everybody has hit something dramatic in their life. You've had a setback somewhere. So it's not as though I'm completely unique, but as I look back, it became the impetus for me to say, let me look at life differently. I don't want to look for the Mack truck next time. Let me start to see what I need to do to change in my life so that I have a better life and I live the rest of it fully. That's fantastic. That's You're very resilient. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have the same bandwidth to do that. So I just wanted to compliment you on that, especially with your daughter completing suicide. I can't even imagine overcoming something like that personally. So I just hats off like for what it's worth. I think it's really impressive to say the least. Um, but that said, like what, um, what were some of your first changes that you made in your life that you were on happy with minus the Mack truck year, um, <laughs> not to make light, but remember, I was moving on to like more uplifting things. Um, um, and, <laughs> and what about your relationship with your husband or how did you handle that and make it better? Or did you divorce him? Like, what did you do? We divorced because our marriage had been falling apart for a while. Okay. And I think it was delayed if anything, because our daughter was very troubled and that was really my focus. So worrying about sure. myself and our relationship was not my focus for a while. Sure, sure. But what I began to to see was that I asked myself, did I want a relationship? And I realized, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And so I began to look around and I did find someone that I had a relationship with for several years. But I realized later that quite honestly, I was still going through a heavy sense of grief. Mm. And here was someone with a low enough energy. He could be with me going through low energy. And as I began to heal, I began to see this was not for me long-term because he was a very negative person. And as I healed, I dropped some of that. So I am forever grateful that he was there and assisting me at that time in my life when probably I couldn't have had the perfect man for my life come along. But I no, had- that makes sense. I mean, he served his purpose for what you needed in that moment. People are given to us, I believe, by the universe um, when we need them for different things. It's not necessarily your forever person. It's just like, what do they say that season or there's some other reason or a season or I don't know (laughs) there's some like expression that's not really science but nevertheless I'm it's so that's that's good so you you were able to sort of also recognize that you were able to um 
know, see that he wasn't the right fit for you as you grew and evolved and were healing, right? Yes. So you had the strength to like end that too, it sounds like. So that's great. I I did. Uh, he finally got angry with me and left and I didn't want him back. So <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks for leaving and don't come back. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's good. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about some of the folks that you help. Um, some of, how did you get into this? So I see that you obviously had your own experiences and you applied probably a lot of that into your counseling of midlife women and so forth. Right. So mm-hmm. can you talk to me a little bit about some of the areas you look to help your clients and what some of the bigger issues are as it pertains to like relationships um, or I think think you said before we recorded relationships. And if you didn't say that, I like that. <laughs> I can't hear great. So I didn't know it was ship or shift, but if it was, but you can have a relationship where you obviously need to move in a different direction, right? Yes, you can. Now for me, I didn't just jump into dating again. I mm-hmm. recognized how much growth I needed. And that was a period of time my job was in technology, video conferencing way back when, before we were all doing it. But what I recognized is I needed to learn more. And therefore, I dove into various types of personal development. I began to realize that I was creating my own world. I went to landmark education I went to Harv Ecker in some of his breakthroughs and got fascinated by what Mm -hmm. he was doing. I Mm -hmm. went into depth learning neuro-linguistics programming and neurological repatterning. And in that process, did a lot of inner work myself. Then I also began to study masculine, feminine relationships and personality styles. And as a result, that gave me a lot of the depth and understanding that I did not have before. So it was only after that that I began coaching others. And I created a copreneur program because I had been in business. I like that. Okay. Well, I'd been Uh in business with my ex-husband and we did go to some counseling before we broke up. And I realized this counselor's had no understanding of what it was like to work with someone as well as be married to them. There is a right. different dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. you have to bring both your business sense and your relationship needs together. Yeah. That's hard. That's definitely hard to see the least. It yeah. either works really well for people or it's something that's just an ongoing challenge, I think. Yeah. It is. You need to have like a really strong bond, I think, in so many different facets of your life and personality and values and core values and all of the above to to make that glue that's necessary for that. So um, so when you were going to these, I guess, therapy sessions and you realized there was like a deficit, is that what your major, like, is that what you saw at the biggest void? Yes. I realized, for instance... A therapist would say, oh, you need to get together after work and just spend time together. Well, when my spouse would not talk to me about the work issues at work, 
And I got to the end of the day being mad as, mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the last thing I wanted to do was spend any more time with him. I wanted to be away from him just as far as possible. Yeah. We, we didn't have the method to speak to each other. So when I developed copreneur coaching, I had a couple come to me that I'd actually known for years mm-hmm. and they were working together and I helped them understand each other's perspective, both in work as well as at home. As women, we can be very confusing to men because as women, we want to be treated one way at work, mm-hmm. which is, you know, listen to my ideas and let's mm-hmm. work some things through. Mm-hmm. At home, many women just say, you know, give me a hug, let's relax. Yeah. And yet, so I, I love hugs when I'm at home and relaxed. If I am in the middle of a project and my husband comes up and wants to give me a nice big kiss when I'm, I am focused. <laughs> I am not that receptive in that moment. Yeah, and, you're focused on what you're doing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That confuses men. And yeah. so they yeah. understand yeah. that we have different needs at different times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that understanding is one of the cores that help people work things through is understanding each other's needs. Mm-hmm. What are some of the top three things that your, your clients are saying that they need um, in midlife in the romantic department? romance department? Well, one, I have been working with someone who recognizes the issue, but it's deeper work to solve. And it is this, that initially when she began to look for a partner, and she's a person, she actually lost a husband who passed away. Okay. And everybody's situation is different, whether you divorce sure. them, they passed right. away, you're, you're right. in a different place. Sure. But she was ready for another relationship. Mm-hmm. And the criteria for relationship can be very interesting. I was just looking for someone who didn't have some of the characteristics of my ex. It's like, okay. I, you know, oh, because you divorced him and she yeah. probably wanted someone similar to I, her like I don't away. want someone. Yeah. I don't yeah. want someone who's responsible with money. Yeah. I don't yeah. want it. Well, yeah. Yeah, she, had a different, she had a different criteria. Mm-hmm. I want him to be tall. That was it. That's I, it? I That's want easy. him to be tall. <laughs> well, and the fact is she's a spiritual practitioner She's very spiritually aligned, very intelligent, and is a a deep empath and feeling person. Mm-hmm. When she found the person that she's she's with, and she had a couple experiences before that, but when she found the person that she's with, he fit the main criteria. He was tall. On their first date. He advised her that he is an atheist and he does not ever want to get married again. He stayed married to his former wife. 
So the for, 12 kind of went out the window, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, she would have been happy with a Smurf at that point, right? No. Oh. No. Okay. No. Okay. It, she it took it all? Okay. She, she took it all. Okay. And, but guess what? Over time, the complaints began to come in. He doesn't have depth. He doesn't understand the spiritual connection. And gee, I really want someone who wants to marry me and move in with me. He'd already said he built a house. He likes where he lives and she likes where she lives. So these things started touching a core wound because it was a core need that goes really back to childhood. But this is not an unusual because often the people who show up for us are there specifically so that we can begin to examine some of our core wounds. Yeah. And I'm, I must say she is beginning to understand that the true love she wants comes from herself. Honestly, until we find the, we really find love within before yeah. we're free to give it without. We, d- yeah. we don't get to make up for, for not loving ourselves by having a partner. Yeah, you, you can't love another person if you don't love yourself, that's for sure. Yes. So is she taking a little breather from dating at this point and working on herself with you? She is beginning to realize that she has the perfect person in her life to oh, help that's her great. grow spiritually because they get along. He's, he's, is he kind. Sure? he's kind to her. No, he's the same tall guy. Okay. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> was so important. That was but, definitely, that was a, 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 not a, yeah, it was like a yeah. deal breaker. Okay. Yeah. I got so, it. But sometimes that can be the case is that you find the person and you recognize this person is helping me grow. Mm-hmm. Because one of the mm-hmm. things I think the older we get, I realize our idea of partnership changes. When I was mm-hmm. 20, he just had to, you know, be cute and a nice personality because at age Same. 20. I 100% agree with everything you're saying. For <laughs> me, like, I think I was like, well, I've always sort of gravitated to the tall, dark and handsome, like, like, and to have a physique and all that. And I like straight teeth. I'm obsessed with teeth. So I need that. And ideally hair, but like, I think as I approach 50, it's becoming less and less like, you know, common that guys are going to have my age, like a full head of hair. But in general, to answer your, to, to just add to what you're saying, I'm most attracted to charisma and values and someone that raises me up intellectually and like strives to, you know, make me want to do more for myself in terms of becoming a better person and also supportive. Like all of those things are so important to me. Whereas when I was in my 20s, I don't even think I even pay attention to that. It's like, if that worked out, then great. I don't know if I had it in myself at that point to give it to another person. So now that I feel like I can bring that to the table, 
because that's just the kind of personality that I have evolved, you know, to have. Um, I want that in return. Does that make sense? Is you, you oh. finding that too with a lot of your yeah, midlife people? Yes. <laughs> I, okay. Well, <laughs> once, once we really accept ourselves that we're in a constant state of growth mm-hmm. and for me, I feel like it starts to accelerate at 50. And part of the reason why is I think there's an, an urgency to say, we're here for a reason. We are having this life experiences, and this is our time to learn. And mm-hmm. I was single mm-hmm. and dating for 15 years. And I dated, now I dated short ones, tall ones, fat ones, skinny ones. All all different physical appearance because like you, I was, I was looking for what was in their hearts and what we had to learn from each other. And I had a lot of learning experiences. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. it It kept getting better. But the sooner you recognize that you began to, just say there's two people in every relationship. And if I want a relationship, I have to look at me and the other person. Yeah. Cause you're not the same as you are even from relationship to relationship. I think we change because we learn and we have trauma from different people and we carry that into the next relationship, not necessarily in a bad way, but we might be more guarded or just more like not as naive as perhaps we would have been um, had we not experienced what we experienced. So yeah, no, I think it's always good to have good. Every relationship changes you in some way. So that's great. So do you find, um, as we, you know, we, we, people are entering their midlife and they're all obviously not the same people that they once were and their values and their, I guess, like their checklist, if you will, it looks a little different today than it may have when they were, say, 25 in terms of seeking a partner or what have you or a suitor. Um, do you find that people are excited about the uh, journey or is it daunting or is it a little bit of both or are some of your clients also just content just being by themselves and being single like what are you what, what's the consensus overall I'm sure it's like a case by case I'm just curious yeah. women are in all different places there are some who just say no I'm fine by myself particularly I have and they're more friends than clients, but they have grown children. They have grandchildren. They are just part of being that family. And that is fulfilling. And that's mm-hmm. their choice. Mm-hmm. And there are others who are growing in, in different ways. The important thing is to find out what really fulfills you. But mm-hmm. can I tell you a funny story? There's yeah, this, please. <laughs> this, this I is love the, funny stories. Okay. <laughs> Set of the race for the ringers. All right. <laughs> this, this is a good reason to have girlfriends that you talk to. If you are single, have single girlfriends that yes. you experiences with. Yes. Yes, we do. I have several. We all have. It's like sex in the city without the sex. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, at least for some of us, some of us have it. All right, go on, continue. Early in my dating experience, I dated someone named Ted. Okay. And I, and Ted was 
very clever. I met him on a single site and mm -hmm. clever, clever writing. And when oh, I, I like that in person, he was a comedy writer. Oh, I would love Ted. Oh, he sounds amazing. A lot of fun. Yeah. And he'd come over and we developed an intimate relationship fairly quickly. Okay. But what I began to realize after a while was he never asked me out on dates. He would just say, oh, I'm in the neighborhood and I'm coming home. Uh -huh. Booty call, Carol. That's a booty call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear you. It took me a yeah. while to realize. Well, yeah, because he probably wasn't like, he was probably smooth about it. But yeah, all right. Yeah. And uh, so one of the best things he did for me was that I began to go to a therapist to figure out what about me was allowing this to happen? Mm. Now, eventually, well, first of all, I finally said goodbye to Ted. And then, but this was early on. So about three years later, he shows up again, sending me. How the, did he show up? How did he research he, he He showed up on the dating site. Sending, oh, okay. Sending me gotcha. the same message. And I said, oh, by the way, we've dated before. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. Okay. <laughs> he did that a third time. Though this was like eight years later. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is great. Now I can smile and say I'm really memorable because <laughs> he never. Or Ted, has, Ted has some sort of like uh, neurological disorder where he has a memory problem. <laughs> Something's wrong with Ted. All right, continue. Well, yes. The third time I told him, I said, you know, you've had a, a crucial part in my life. Thank you so much. Because of you, I went to a therapist. And now I'm feeling much better. And uh, if you actually would like to ask me out, yeah, talk about that. Well, he said, oh, that would be wonderful. But he never did. He did call yeah. again to see if I happened to be available when he was driving by. And it's like, no, I'm washing my hair right now. So... <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Good for you. Now, He's awful. What's wrong with him? Ted's cheap. Now there's Ted. one more little. All right. Yep. With yep. Okay. All right. Go ahead. We're going to hear. Continue. My friend who was on dating sites said, oh, the most clever guy just wrote to me. He sounds like so much fun. And I understand Ugh. he has a boat which I knew about Ted. And I said, oh, is his name Ted? <laughs> I read him. I read, I said, I've got to read you what he wrote She should have had him over and you should have answered the door. Right, <laughs> that would have been really funny. All right, go ahead. He's still sending out the same letter, the same thing. Oh, worked. he probably just copy and paste it. Yeah, he just yeah. He changes a few little details so it sounds personal. Oh, God. And then he writes her a note and said, you know, I'm coming, going to come down to the San Diego area. He said, maybe I can stop by. And I said, uh, Liz, it's up, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. He won't remember me, obviously, if I was there. So yeah, no, but, you didn't care about him anymore. No. But you, your friend probably doesn't want to get in that same like rut, right? Now yeah. this is where girlfriends help. And yes. I, I had one warn me off of of the you know handsome looking guy from Hawaii who likes Ooh. to 
to come in, take you out to a nice restaurant. And then when you head to the bathroom, he's got some sort of an agreement with the people there and tries to accost you in the phone booth on the way out. And he what? He what to you? I didn't hear what you said. Basically get very physical in a phone booth when you're coming back from the bathroom. Oh, my God. He told me exactly which restaurant it was. And I, oh, he's like, <laughs> he asked me like to go out to that restaurant. Oh my God. So I turned him down. So, girlfriends, tell your experiences to your girlfriends. You can avoid yeah, a lot that's of pain awful. if you share some of those strange stories because there are some. Oh, we do. We do it out. over martinis. I think it makes for a really good comment. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I actually like, well, it was more me than this guy, but he's just not my type. But I ran away from a date. I was like telling my friend that story last weekend. And she was, I think she was about to like lose it at the, the, the bar. She was laughing so hard. It was so funny. But yeah. So anyway, all right. You've been so great. I loved having you on the show. We are sad out of time. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, Carol? Yes, at carolhodges.com. It's just my name. I have an E on my first name, C-A-R-O-L-E. And And are you on social media too? I am on social media and my book is The Menopause Millionaire. I love that. How'd you come up with that name real quick? The Millionaire. Well, I began to realize that a million dollars is now what you have handled by the time you're 50. Just if yeah. you have an average amount of money flow. And guess what? You're around another 30 years or longer. You're going to need much more than a million. So it's not about getting rich. It's about recognizing how to manage all the aspects of your life. So you live fully with your health, your relationships and your money. I love that. All right. Awesome. I'll pick it up. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you. It's been wonderful having you. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book, too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.